Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice. I'm your host, Anna Bonsi of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Our website is www.infhorizons.com. Uh, check us out over there. Let us know how we may help you increase the value of your business. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe, share, or leave us a rating on whatever app or YouTube channel that you watch us on. Uh, today's podcast, we are going to be talking about human capital. And I have a, an expert to help us um, discuss this topic. Our guest today is Dan Steinler. Dan is an award-winning, top-performing sales professional, uh, having sold delivery and uh, recruitment services and technology to Fortune 1000, and in addition to managing multiple sales teams. After a 17-year career working for best-in-class technology firms, as well as 10 years selling to human resources and staffing and recruiting firms, he saw an opportunity to start his own executive recruiting firm to leverage his considerable network for line with candidates with the next great opportunity. Dan finds great joy in helping people advance their career, and the recruiting space is a natural fit for him. Dan and his partners each have an individual expertise in the industries that they focus on, including placing sales, marketing, accounting, and finance and construction professionals in their respective roles. Dan, his wife, and three children reside in Wilmette, Illinois, just north of Chicago. Welcome to Build Valley by Choice, Dan. Thank you very much. It's uh, Nana, it's great to be here with you and very excited to take part in um, in the podcast and show today. Wonderful. Now, I know I'm excited to talk to you about it because I know you have a lot on your heart. You know, you there's a lot of um, great things that you're doing out there in the world. And so we thought it would be a great opportunity for you to share your vision and some of the things that you're doing out there to make sure that there's a great match between people who are looking for talent and the talent that are looking for good places to work. So the first question I want to ask you is, um, you are the founder of CCR Search. Um, what is CCR Search and what was your main motivation for starting it? Uh, absolutely. So CCR Search is an executive recruiting firm. Um, we primarily focus on sales, marketing, finance, and accounting and construction. The idea behind it is somewhat of a, it takes one to know one. Um, I don't pretend to be a lifelong recruiter. I wasn't, I don't have the recruiting background. I have the sales background. So I know how to spot really high performing sales executives like I once was. And um, I find a lot of passion in in helping individuals go from um, an organization to another to advance their career. And then also my clients are always looking for very specific individuals. Um, it's a it's a matchmaking game. And, you know, when they find somebody that that can change the entire trajectory of their year, it's very, very exciting to them as well. And so I get great joy from that. Um, and then ultimately, I have partners, which I brought into uh, my firm to um, to work exclusively with and their expertise in their own space, just like in the construction. That's why we recruit for construction. Um, so we have uh, the, the individual I have for that as an example was a 10 year project manager. Same idea. He knows how to spot great project managers. And so I, I assist him with finding new business and then he assists with the um, recruiting. And then ultimately, why I why I started this is is not only the joys of of helping individuals and putting everybody together, but recruiting is a lot of fun. You get to do um, sales, you get to do uh, sourcing and finding great people. You get to have constant conversations, and you know, in this virtual world that we're all living in, it's it's really nice to meet all types of people all across the country from all different backgrounds. And uh, you get a lot of smiles, you know, when when somebody advances in their in their uh, interviews or somebody gets hired or a company finds a good candidate, 
it's it's very rewarding. Um, so hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. It's, it's, it's pretty, you know, a lot of good information that you, you pack into that little segment there. So we're going to kind of unwind some of it a little bit. Um, so, you're, so you mentioned that, you know, you have a deep sales and market experience. So how does that help you in the recruiting space? Because clearly that distinguishes you because you're not just pure play recruitment. And you've done recruiting and you've worked with recruiting firms, but your sales and marketing therefore gives you a little bit of an edge. Uh, how does that you know, help you uh, in terms of, you know, the way you went about launching CCR Search and how does that distinguish CCR Search uh, from other recruiting agencies? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, my 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 world's kind of collided. So I spent 10 years working at CareerBuilder, which is all um, HR focused and staffing recruiting. They were like LinkedIn 1.0 when I was working there. Uh, I started there in 2005 and they were really starting to um, take over the market marketplace. And we sold all types of services from data to um, uh, uh, advertisement, and we sold it to staffing and recruiting firms directly, and we sold it to human resources. And I had the opportunity to sell to both those groups from uh, and work hand in hand with them and, and really kind of be a fly in the wall in a lot of ways. So that gave me the start of understanding the HR space. And then with technology, I spent my last five years working at um, one was a very large global contact center solution called Genesis. And I also worked at a company called Sixth Sense. And with that, I learned how to work very large deals, very complex deals, as well as learned a lot about process. And so when I take my experience of human resource resources and working with human resources, my experience of staffing and recruiting, and then my experience with working um, with these tech companies, I've learned how to apply all of them together. So I apply technology to my business um, and that helps a great deal. And then I apply uh, my background. And then in terms of your initial question, sales and marketing, you know, and then I'm just, I'm continuing to be a salesperson. So I'm using all my tips and tricks of the trade and then maximizing them in the space in order to get that candidate right on a call, um, get in front of a customer, whatever it might be, um, and then backing it with technology and data like I learned across my career to be successful in um, in the day-to-day. Now, what do you rely on more? Because, because I mean, there's a, there's a technical aspect to your background, and then there's a human aspect. Do you, what what percentage do you rely on? Because, you know, obviously trying to figure out people and people's affinities can be a pretty tricky kind of thing. Um, what do you what do you see as the the best way to mix the two data technology and just pure social 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 or sociology or social psychology um, to get the right kind of fit? Because sometimes people don't know themselves as well as they think they do. Um, how does that kind of help you? And just just want to know what is the method to your quote unquote madness? Yeah, absolutely. I think um. Um, something I learned at CareerBuilder a long time ago is everything starts with data, right? To make it really simple, if you're getting on a fishing boat and you're in, you know, you're, you fish for a living, you want a fish finder and you want to know like, hey, there's a lot of fish in the sea, but you're fishing tuna. So you want to know how many tuna there are. What kind of bait does it take to get them? And it's it's like a math equation. So first off is start with data so you know exactly what the market actually looks like. And there's a number of tools and solutions that I use um, all the way down to the Bureau of Labor Statistics to, to actually understand what how many tuna are in the ocean before I go out there, right? Um, and then I'm going to uh, you know craft information based off of that off of that search. So it's this is sort of like the bait. 
You know, how are you going to go to market? Is this a is this a lower level role and they're not going to be really on LinkedIn much? And this is going to take a lot of cold calling right to the candidate and finding old databases with old phone numbers. Most people don't change their phone number, even if their career changes, right? Mm-hmm. So it, maybe this takes a lot of cold calling. That's sort of the bait. Or is this, you know, more higher level, executive level, and I'm going to have to be much more strategic in my approach and, and you know, drop drop the drop more of like a, a sniper type approach to, to catch an individual. And then from there, I'm also going to leverage technology. Where can I automate? You know, what tools can I use? I'm, although I'm a small startup and I'm just a sole proprietor with partners, you know, we're, we're leveraging a, a CRM. We're, we're leveraging an outreach tool. We're leveraging an applicant tracking system. You know, we're of course leveraging LinkedIn and other sources, but we're anywhere we can. I use Calendly as an example. So it's really easy and I can send a message right to someone like yourself and say, hey, you have a great background. You match my customer's profile. I'd love to have a brief conversation. Here's my Calendly, pick a time that's convenient for you. So I put all of that together and and that helps really kind of differentiate me a little bit in the marketplace and get that initial, you know, first meeting or first conversation. That's great. So you mentioned, uh, you know, the partnerships that you have. Um, How does that, you know, tell us more about these partnerships and how does that, you know, benefit CCR um, search and, you know, CCR search clients? Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny you mentioned that. So I I do my my own podcast and I just met with the um, chief human resource officer of uh, Reynolds Consumer Products, Reynolds Wrap, Hefty. um, And he was so kind to take a call with me and join my podcast. And he's been retired for about a year and he does executive coaching now. And, you know, he shared that you're not going to be great at everything. You're not going to be successful in doing that. You really need to be hyper-focused on what you're good at and then find great people to surround yourself with to fill that void for where else you want to be good at. And so that's exactly what I feel I've accomplished with my partners, right? Finding people that are industry experts. My my one partner, her name is Jenny, is part of JP Workman Group. She's an expert in her space. She's been recruiting for 15 years. I haven't. I've been in sales, right? So I go and I... I will go and get the business and she'll help me a lot with recruitment. If it's a marketing role, she was in marketing. She was also an HR director. So she has experience and expertise in those. Our um, our other individual we brought on, Sam Bird, he was 10 years at JLL and Walgreens. He was building Bank of Americas out there, like the physical stores, you know, that where you can imagine in today's world where construction, construction organizations, they need project managers, they need estimators. I'm not an expert in that. I don't pretend to be. I can even earn credibility immediately by reaching out to organizations and say, hey, I have an expert in that space. They can help you find project managers like themselves, and then we're going to support them in their recruitment process because they're they're not recruiters, and they appreciate that. So, you know, by bringing on these other individuals and not pretending to have um, an expertise that I don't have is not only a differentiator, but helps really deliver much more value for my candidates and customers. Yeah, no doubt. Um, now, you mentioned your uh, your podcast. What is your goal? Uh, what What are you hoping to achieve through the you know that podcast? I believe you do it weekly. Is that correct? Yep, mm-hmm. I do a weekly podcast. Try to get a good guest on every week, which has been successful. What are you hoping to achieve with that podcast? And what is your overall goal for CCR Search? Sure. So you know, with that podcast, it just gives me a great opportunity. Of course, you know, 
it's good exposure. It's good marketing. Um, it's it gives me credibility in the space that I have a strong network and can be a thought leader and speak to what's happening, um, you know, in the human capital space today. So that's you know goes without saying. I'm not going to pretend that's not part of what I'm trying to accomplish right. with it, you know. But also too, I mean, it's it, it really gives me an opportunity to enjoy reconnecting with my old network, speaking with them, and then sharing great tips and tricks that are out there for individuals. You know, a lot of what I do is pull on sales leaders and talk about how to spot top talent. Little, you know, one, one you know, a couple of things that have come to light from that is one person was talking about doing the airport test right off the bat, get a person comfortable in an interview. So it can be an interview and a conversation, not somebody on their heels. Another person talked about who's a CRO. He was talking about, Hey, give uh, give someone the opportunity to, um, uh, sorry, provide a cover letter, do a cover letter. You know, some people that have really stuck out to them in the interview process, and I haven't done a cover letter in any place I've interviewed in the last 15 plus years, but he's like, people that do a cover letter and they're really thoughtful, it changes the entire track of their interview process for them. And I might even shop them around the rest of the company. So there's just little tips and tricks that ultimately I can share with my listeners and then at the end of the day, again, it makes me feel good because I can help people. Oftentimes, too, I even reach out to my um, alumni networks and individuals maybe that have gotten laid off. Hey, hop on a call with me. I'll tell you every trick I know. I'll show you how to tap into new networks and get your name out there and really land the dream job and how to go through the interview process, you know, and ultimately maybe 10 years down that road, that person will help me too. So to answer your question, hey, great publicity. Great to demonstrate I'm an expert in my space, but also too, I get that kind of pat on the back for myself where I feel good every day because I'm helping people. Oh, that's great. I mean, you know, that's um, that's such a laudable um, thing that you're doing. Now, one of the things that has always been a challenge, and I, I've spoken with a, you know, a number of people about this, is the dichotomy that exists between, I always hear about business owners talking about, hey, there's not, especially in this small to mid-sized uh, business space, but there's not enough talent, or there's a talent gap, or we don't, can't find the qualified labor. Um, you know, small business, I mean, NFIB, the National Federation of Independent Businesses, they always have uh, talent um, skill shortage as they're one of their top two um, issues. Now, you know, in recent inflation, you know, inflationary environment, I see a lot of, you know, and read a lot of businesses laying off people. So wh- where is the dichotomy? I mean, it's just, if you're laying off people, how can you turn around and say that you're not able to find enough qualified talent? You know, they're they're completely different roles. You know, first first off to sort of tackle that question, you know, uh, when I speak with a founder, I like to speak with founders and have them. I've had everybody from um, individuals working at 5,000 plus organization, 5,000 employee plus organizations join my podcast down to founders of, of companies that only have like 30 employees. And, and they, you know, something I've noticed across the board is they say hire for the role, not for the title. So maybe I'm an account executive in sales, right? And let's say I work for Salesforce. If I work at Salesforce, I have unbelievable amount of support. I have somebody that probably sets my meetings. I have somebody that probably runs my um, runs my demos. I probably have somebody that builds my contracts and does the financial analysis and the return on investment uh, statement for the customer, right? All of that is done and I click a few buttons in Salesforce and it kicks it out to somebody and I have an expert to tackle that. If I go work for a 30-person company, that's now all on me. 
I don't even really necessarily have those skill sets any longer, you know? So it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to sort of read the news and say, you know, Oracle laid off, you know, their customer experience division. And then think to yourself, why can't this 30 person company pick up all these people? Well, because the roles are completely different. So they don't align. So that's, that's, you know, one problem that's out there. And then ultimately too, it's like a numbers game. I, I like to use the example of drivers, right? And and c- companies always looking for drivers. We're looking for bus drivers, Dan, help me. And so you run again, back to data. Okay, well, let's, you know, there's layoffs, inflation's going up, the market's, the market's softening. Why in the world can't I find 10 drivers in Chicago, Illinois? Like this should just be a hole in one. Well, run the numbers, right? Let's just see. There's 5,000 drivers that are available and that are total available in Chicago, let's just say, playing the game. Now we need each one to have a CDL. We need them to be within 20 miles because they're not going to commute any longer. You have to factor in the traffic. They need to pass a background and drug screen. They need to get through interview process. They need to be a cultural fit. And just that list goes on and on and on. And your funnel, by the time you get to it and you run your own ratios where it's like for every 10 candidates, I find I hire one. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. 5,000 isn't the number you need. You need closer to 20,000 to hit your 10 hires. And so ultimately, that's where I have a place in the world where it's like, if you want to go play those ratios and those games, it's going to take you forever. I, I have the expertise to do it and I'll go and do the legwork on the back end. And mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a big part of it. So that that's kind of where the gap is. I, I think of it kind of like dating too. It's like, oh, there's Tinder, there's Match. Everybody in the world should be married. Well, mm, doesn't quite work that way when you break right. it all down and see what the available market looks like. So do you think that's why sometimes um, like, you know, folks that have, you know, let's just say they were laid off um, from the big companies where a lot of times you have to, you know, kind of your own little turf. And so you don't get exposure to the various uh, roles and skill sets. They're like a like a 30 person company that you mentioned would need where they need to become multifaceted. So do you, because I hear things, as you mentioned, it's like maybe that's why sometimes, you know, folks say that, hey, these these companies are looking for like a three in one, you know, role, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And and they're trying to pay uh, one person for, you know, for a role that requires like three different like people. Do you think that's what's going on there? Where, where, where you're, where they're, you know, they're that, like, that's the struggle that they're looking for, like a jack of all trades. Yeah. I think it's just more, you know, you know, with that, you give up, you know, a lot of things change that also benefit you. If you're going from Salesforce to a 30 person company, there might not be a bunch of technology where you need to fill out all this information. There might be tools that were really time consuming to you. And I'm okay to shift back to this other role with these, you know, the responsibilities ultimately just shift. Right. The roles role is I don't want to say it's the same, but the you know, the the certain responsibilities really shift from one to the other. Um, So I don't I don't know if that quite answers your question. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's I think this is where the whole mismatch expectations kind of come in, where you go you go to like a 30 person company, you realize there's some things that you never had to think about doing. um, Oh, they don't have this or they don't have like Tableau or they don't have a CRM. right. Right. And um, and then all of a sudden you're kind of in a different space and you feel like you're being slowed down. Um, so that may be it. Um, you, you might get a lot of your time back though, right? So, you know, you pick up other responsibilities, but you don't need to do X responsibilities that you previously did at the prior company. Like I went from a big company to a small company and 
you know, the amount of time it took me to just push a contract through at the big company and all the checks and balances and the six person sign off, it took forever. Mm -hmm. And at the new company that was smaller and I had to do a lot more of my own outreach and my own appointment setting, I could also push through a contract in five minutes. So, you know, there's, there's like a, a shift there. But, but also, too, one more point I want to make is when you take a look at like somebody laid off from Oracle, they're also might not have any interest in joining a 30-person company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just laid off. I, I think that there's an economic storm coming. I would much rather go find another big company. Can I go and shift over to Salesforce and hide under that umbrella for a couple of years while this sorts out? I'm not going to go roll the dice on a 30-person company that might not make payroll. So there's a lot of that too that's preventing individuals from taking the leap over from a big company to a small company, especially in this environment. Now, would you say it's easier to go from a big company to a small company, or from a small company to be to a big company? I think you know it's. I I can't really answer that. I mean, it's 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 tough. <laughs> that's a trick question. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's tough either way because again, yeah. it all goes back like hire for the skill sets. You know, have you been right. at a big company for ten years and haven't set your own appointments? So now you're going to go to a small company and now need to go back to hunting again versus running great meetings. So if you can demonstrate like, hey, I did a lot of that at my big company and therefore I fit in, like I do have the skill sets to be at the small company. And frankly, like I'm tired of spending six stages to get through a contract. Okay, well, you know, maybe you are a good fit for a small company or then vice versa, right? Like, hey, I'm I was a huge grinder at a small company. I was setting my own appointments. Great. We need that type of blood at this big company because people are getting kind of stagnant. So it's it goes sort of both ways. So in your mind, or, um, or, uh, through the conversation you've had on your podcast, what mindset do you think candidates are missing or are lacking? I, I mean, I just think that, you know, people, people really need to, it, it, it's, I don't want to say it's a crapshoot because it's not, but you need so many things to align. And it's really hard to do that just in a few interviews, even with these interview processes having gotten so long, you know, it's, it's one of the things that we try to really understand from our clients is like, what's your culture? Let us find somebody for your culture. You do want somebody that's really buttoned up and would never raise their hand to sales leadership or to leadership in general and follow the true hierarchy. Or do you really want, you know, some people that are going to break some eggs and make things a little uncomfortable. And that's part of your culture, right? So, you know, between finding somebody in this limited talent pools, that's willing to make a move, hit to check all the boxes and that fits the culture is is really difficult to do. Um, and I think that's I think that's kind of one of the big struggles that's out there. You know, it's just it's it's kind of a crapshoot because do I align with my boss? I did initially. I mean, it's again like it's like dating and it looks great when you sign your offer letter and then things can change pretty drastically over time. So you try to knock out as much of that up front as you can, but it could could not be a perfect situation. Yeah. Looking over the horizon, um, how do you see the future of staffing agencies? I mean, I think there'll always be a very important need for them. You know, it is a time-consuming process. You know, any company can bring these, bring great, great people in-house and bring in all the technology, you know, but it's expensive. You're taking on more human capital, you're doing more technology, you're you're spending more energy and resources, you know, where you can outsource a lot of that. So it's very difficult to do those things. And I think that, you know, you, you look at you look at how positions change over a, a decade time. 10 years ago in sales, and I've been in sales again for 17 years, 10 years ago in sales, I would get a customer to go play golf with me. 
that customer would say, wow, I like Dan better than all my other vendors. I am going to choose Dan because I don't have enough data and resources to really understand what's happening in the marketplace. I'm going to supply Dan budget. He seems like he's going to be a great partner to me. Fast forward 10 years later, and there are you know, 10, 10 decision makers in purchasing a solution now, right? Multiple people have a stamp on it. It's not going to be like, Dan, the golf buddy doesn't win the business any longer. So with that constant shift and such a fast change across all of our roles that occurs now, especially with technology being in the centerpiece of that, it's just going to be so hard for companies to keep up with that. And I believe that they're going to need to continue to heavily rely on staffing and recruiting firms. Now you'll see those firms go up and down with the economy, inflation and unemployment goes up and staffing firms will struggle and some will go out of business and like that'll happen just like it did in 07, 08, 09. But ultimately, you know, there's going to be that consistent need of, Hey, I need these people. I'm working within a limited talent pool. I need them to check all these boxes. I need them to be a culture fit. You know, I'm going to go hire Dan or a staffing firm and bring them in house or bring and bring them in to help me bring candidates in house and, and get us to our recruiting needs to reach our, our financial goals. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dan, for you know coming to join us today. I really appreciate the insights you've shared. Uh, for people, uh, listeners and viewers who are interested in learning more about CCR Search, where can they go to find out more? Yeah, please visit my website, ccrsearch.com. Um, that uh, CCR stands for Candor, Credibility, Reliability. So ccrsearch.com. Um, and then from there too, you can you, we have a quick link on there taking us right to the YouTube site. You can see all of my pre-recorded podcasts that I've done. Um, and uh, please reach out to me. We'd love to have a conversation. And then also, if I can help uh, individuals or experts with um, their search, I'd love that opportunity as well. Always looking to help people. So thanks very much for having me. This has been wonderful. Yeah, that's great. And we're going to have all that information in the show notes as well. So for people that may be listening, you can check out in the show notes. And don't forget to leave us a rating on your or whatever app that you listen to us on. Again, that's it for this week. Bye for now.